Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message.
morning. Uh, today's psalm is Psalm 99. And as Kristen said, I'm reading from the translation called Psalms for Praying, an invitation to wholeness. Awaken, O you people, and trust your hearts to love. For the beloved reigns supreme, and let all the earth give thanks. Your unseen presence is great in the land. You sit with the leaders of nations. Let them be silent and guided by your voice. Holy are you. You are mighty and love justice. You establish equity. Out of the silence, your word can be heard in the land, inviting the nations to live in peace. Listen, O oh you people, open your hearts to the beloved, that truth may be born anew. Many who have gone before you followed the beloved's voice, the unknown saints of all generations. They surrendered themselves into the beloved's hands and walked with confidence. They were guided through difficult times, keeping to love's way and trusting in love's promises. O oh, heart of all hearts, you answered their prayers. With mercy, you forgave them their wrongdoings, always inviting them to new life. Sing praises to the beloved and aspire to ascend the holy mountain. Holy are you, O oh, giver of life. The end of the reading.
I feel like I've never been nothing but tired And I'll be working Till the day I expire Sometimes I lay down No more can I do Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Catherine. Will you pray with me, please, the words of preparation which are printed in your bulletin? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Yesterday, on the Hopkins side of the church, about 40 persons gathered to dedicate the new poetry box that's been installed in the succulent garden that was first created by Sarah Bruno as part of her Girl Scout Gold Award. And if you, if you haven't noticed the poetry box, I hope you'll visit after worship. If you're worshiping online, uh, I hope you'll stop by when you feel comfortable and just spend a few minutes with the poetry box. It was given in honor of Faith Isaacs, Epworth's longtime Tai Chi Cha guide who began each Friday session with a poem. 
And yesterday, Maxine Hong Kingston, Becky Wheat, Kathy Jordan, Michael Moss, and Claire Heinzelman, um, who are members and participants of the Tai Chi Cha group and, and members of Faith's own family, offered words of poetry and tribute to mark the occasion in a heartfelt and moving ceremony. Faith passed just before the pandemic began, just as it was beginning, and so the opportunity to, to gather as community to mark her passing had not presented itself, and the poetry box gave us that gift. The poetry box is like one of the little, little, little free libraries that you see around. It's filled with poems for anyone to take, and you're also invited to place your own poems, either original poems or your favorite poems, in the box as well. Thank you to Susan Jarden for coordinating and shepherding this project, and to Andy Schoenwetter, uh, who led the installation for the trustees. This is not just a gift to the Epworth community, but to all who are seeking a word of hope, love, and faith. In the last several weeks, we have been focusing on our own collection of poetry, the Psalms. And today, Pat read our final offering for, of the Psalms for, for this series, Psalm 99. In this psalm, we hear the psalmist proclaiming that God sits in a throne among the angels, a lover of justice and righteousness who has established equity. There is exultation in the psalmist's voice, assurance, joy at, at God's presence, God's power and goodness. And as we enter the words and images of the psalm, we're brought into that high place with God, but just below, as the psalmist tells us, worshiping uh, uh, with God at God's footstool. So often the psalms make sure that we know that we're in relationship with God, but also make sure we know that we are not God. And this is a psalm of praise and exultation about who God is and what God does, who we are in relationship to God and creation. The exultation in this psalm reminds me of one of my favorite poems. It's from Emily Dickinson, and it's called Exultation. Maybe you know it. It reads, Exultation is the going of an inland soul to see, past the houses, past the headlands, into deep eternity. Bred as we among the mountains can the sailor understand the divine intoxication of the first league out from land. Dickinson leaves us on the sea in that state of wonder and joy that the psalm points to. I love that image. I, I see a bright sun shining and glistening off the gentle waves. But I have to wonder, what happens next? What happens next? This exquisite moment is just that. It's a moment. And then the seas might become rough. 
or the inland soul might look over the edge and realize that they and we are in really deep water. A cloud may shadow the sun. This exaltation can so easily shift into an unmooring, a losing the stability of the ground under our feet or the anchor in port, and it isn't so comfortable. As we exit the comfort and the refuge and the exaltation of the Psalms into Lent, we look around and see that there is still deep concern in our lives. And so we come to our second scripture for today. It's the story of the transfiguration. It's, it's the story that August and I engaged in together this morning. And the story, as you heard, it begins with another moment of exaltation, a mountaintop experience. But as the moment of exaltation changes, literally transfigures, the meaning and the message of the moment shift from exaltation to something else. As the story goes, Jesus goes up to the mountaintop to pray with Peter and James and John. And then while Jesus is praying, a glorious moment occurs. Jesus becomes infused with energy, glowing as if from inside. And we, we see this same idea later, after the resurrection, when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus. He's present, but transformed. And he says there on the road to the disciples who, who meet him and don't completely recognize him, he says, don't touch me. And I believe it's at these times that we see most clearly that Jesus is pure divine energy, a manifestation of our interrelatedness that is both human and divine. These are glorious moments. And these are moments when we, we, we feel what, what is known in, in psychology as flow, when we feel like we're, we're tapped into the flow and the energy of, of life itself. And when humans, we as humans, get to touch that energy of our interrelatedness, it is one of the most sweet and powerful and transformative experiences we can imagine. And then in the transfiguration scene that we have today, Elijah and Moses also appear. Now Moses and Elijah represent, of course, the law and the prophets, respectively, and in one sense, they, their appearance in this scene of energy communicates that Jesus is the continuation, some might even say the culmination, of the hope and the faith that Moses and Elijah embody. But in perhaps a more important sense, in standing there with Jesus, they represent the power of community, the ongoingness of our interrelatedness and that the culmination of their message is that, in the words of the venerable Master Thich Nhat Hanh, we enter our. Peter and James and John are overcome by this scene. And Peter, wanting this moment never to end, moves to put it in a box. He says, let's build a tabernacle. And so you, Jesus, and, and Elijah, and Moses can just stay here. Well, I think we all know this impulse. 
When you're feeling that flow, when you're tapped in, you don't want it to end. When something is good and going well, exquisite even, we, we don't want it to end. But this grasping and clinging, which really is attachment, is the antithesis of the moment that's, occur- that's occurring, which is pure, unbridled, unmoored energy. And so now watch what happens next in the scripture. The scripture tells us this. While Peter was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Now usually when I preach on transfiguration, it's one of my favorite stories, I have focused on the misguidedness of Peter in wanting to control and contain this moment and how the message of the scripture is really about our call to come down from the mountaintop and to turn with Jesus toward Jerusalem. That's kind of the message we offered in the, in the children's time. It's a fitting pivot toward Lent because, of course, Lent ends in Jerusalem and at a cross. But let's not go to Jerusalem just yet. Let's stay in this moment, this, 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 this moment that I, almost always when I preach this text, I just pass right over it. Let's, let's pause right here and notice this space between the mountaintop and the descent from the mountaintop toward Jerusalem. In that space between is a cloud that creates a shadow similar to the way shadow occurs when one heavenly body, such as a moon or a planet, moves into the shadow of another heavenly body, such as the sun. The phenomenon is known as eclipse. We have experienced eclipse before. Just a few years ago, we had a total eclipse, and I know some of you even traveled in order to see the fullness of that moment. In eclipse, the sun is not abandoning us, but is hidden by the moon. Dr. Barbara Holmes, teacher, activist, and theologian who focuses on African-American spirituality and mysticism, has written this of eclipse. An eclipse occurs when one object gets in between us and another object and blocks our view. We are not permanently blocked from the light, but we are not able to rely upon our sight to overcome the obstruction. And I submit to you this morning that in the last couple of years, we have been in a kind of eclipse. Dr. Holmes continues, during an eclipse, we have a dimming of the familiar and a loss of taken-for-granted clues that we rely upon every day to remind us of who we are and why we are here. Yet, although we are not always comfortable in darkness, the invitation to come away from life in the spotlight is intriguing. Could there be a blessing in the shadows? As we pause in the dimming of the shadows created by the shadow, we need to also see the words from Scripture that read, A cloud came 
and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. They entered the cloud. Jesus led them to enter the cloud. In this scripture, we see that we who also find ourselves in the shadow are invited to enter the cloud. And then we, like Peter and James and John, can hear the voice that speaks to us out of the cloud. This is my son. These are my children, the beloved. Listen. In the cloud, God is with us in the person of Jesus who came to us as one of us. And so when we hear God's proclamation of love for Jesus, we need to understand that that is a proclamation of love for us too. It is that love that allows us to remain in the cloud and discern the messages that are there. Dr. Holmes continues, no matter how fractured things seem to be, no matter how the crisis splinters our delusions, there is a solid foundation within and beneath us, beside us and between us. We can depend on this wholeness when it is experienced as a dark night of the soul for individuals or an eclipse of the ordinary for the community. In the cloud, and in the shadow. It is tempting to give in to our anxiety. But this moment calls us to pause and to listen, and we are given assurance that this is the place where God is speaking. As we turn toward Lent this week, we are being invited into an acknowledgement of our own unmoorings and to find what gift and blessing exist there. Just as the community of the faithful appeared together on the top of the mountain, we will need each other to resist the anxiety that wells up in us in unfamiliar places. We will need each other to resist problem solving instead of leaning into discernment. We will need each other to interpret what is the voice of God and what is the voice of Peter. We will need each other to distinguish the urgent from the truly important. May we hear the voice of God from the cloud and know that not only does it speak to us and assure us we are among God's beloveds, but may we realize that it is in the cloud that we heard it, that we heard God and keep hearing what God is doing in this moment and what God is calling us to. May it be so.
been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. Shine, Jesus, shine. Yeah.